Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. So, listeners, I have a fun question for you. And this question is going to be a question that, if you take seriously, is going to – and I'm not exaggerating – at all, it's going to totally change your life. And this is so. This is one of those opportunities that you have if you're willing to actually take this question seriously to change the trajectory of not just you know 2019, but probably the the, the rest of your entire adult life. So I'm going to tell you guys a true story about uh, twice in my wife and I's life, and um, Julie's going to be getting on here in a second, where we were willing to ask ourselves this question, and then the outcome. And I'll tell you both sides of it, okay? All right, here's number one. Julie and I were selling real estate in Columbus, Ohio. We sold real estate in Columbus, Ohio for almost 10 years, our first year in the business. We sold over 100 homes, one house at a time, doing the exact same things that we ask all of you guys to do, being proactive. We weren't buying leads. We were just, you know, doing real work, being proactive. We had, uh, you know, if you guys want to research this, because I have to always remind myself there's, you know, between 100 and 200,000 of your listing every day, a lot of you guys are just discovering us. But, you know, we've been in the business forever, basically our entire adult lives. And I just told you how many houses we sold the first year. National Association of Realtors recognized us. We've had a lot of publicity going back, you know, 20, what, three years or something. So real estate was our thing, right? So it was a perfect fit for us. 100 houses our first year. No one had ever done it before. We earned, in our first year, we earned, literally, personally, we earned hundreds of thousands of dollars. We had um, we had a huge net. I mean, I remember our net from selling uh, 100 and some house, 100 well, was 103, I think. Our net from that, in terms of the actual money we put in our pocket, was something like 75%. Because we were doing the real work. We weren't buying leads and wasting money and doing all the things that agents do nowadays. And some of you have been in the business for a while. You remember the time when you when we were Remax agents. We had, you know, the commission split made sense. The even though we never sold in a hot seller's market, and that's that's the other thing. It's important you guys know. Julie and I, in our entire lives, have never sold in a hot seller's market. We've coached people in hot seller's market, but never sold in a hot seller's market. So our real estate, our core real estate experience, uh, came from having uh, sold real estate at a high level in a market like the one we're in now. That's something for everyone to take into consideration when you're deciding who you're going to take advice from. Have they actually been there, done that? So this, so what I'm walking you guys into here is how we had to take a pivot when we asked ourselves this question. We, Our notoriety, uh, and we started doing speaking events. This is back when we were in our 20s. So again, some of you know us from then. Some of you don't. And we started doing speaking events. We started uh, flying to different markets. We wrote a little book, um, the whole thing. And then all of a sudden, people started asking uh, if we would – coaching was just starting to become something. And this was back in the, I'd say, 97, 98 era. And people started asking about coaching for real estate. It was a totally new thing. Uh, and then people started asking us if we would coach them. And Julie and I were like, well, uh, we don't know really what the hell that is, but yeah, sure. And so we, started, we took on some of our first coaching clients. 
And uh, those coach, some of those people are still coaching clients. Some of them are still personal coaching clients, which is fantastic. It's wonderful because we have gotten better at our craft at the same time we've seen a lot of these guys and gals, you know, they've raised their children. We've, we've been part of each other's lives for just this huge amount of time, at least professionally speaking, and that's massively rewarding. So here's the question, and I remember very clearly when Julie and I were trying to decide whether or not we should go full-time into selling real estate or, or stay, I'm sorry, stay full-time uh, selling real estate. Julie, are you on? Okay. And yes, or, I was muted. Or, I think yes, I am. Yes, got it. Or You are. Or okay. whether or not we should um, pivot and we should get into uh, just put all of our best efforts behind the coaching business. So here's the question that we asked ourselves because we could not figure it out. We had become um, – we were making – hundreds of thousands of dollars selling real estate. We had a great lifestyle. We had, you know, we had this big beautiful Georgian, you know, mini mansion. We had new beautiful cars. We were going on great vacations. We had no reason to take a risk and just basically um pivoting and going towards this other uh career path. But the career path was starting to really boil up because it seemed surprisingly enough that we had a natural um talent, I guess. For coaching, and originally we didn't know what the hell we were doing. And over time, we'd figured it out. We, you know, we read a lot of books. Julie and I are always reading books, but we really didn't. The coaching thing, when we started, it was more like what most people call coaching nowadays, which is just straight up training. There was no real coaching going on. It took us literally at this point hundreds of thousands of personal one-on-one coaching calls for us to say confident, confidently that we're probably the best real estate coaches in the country right now because no one else has done the work that we've done. I mean, we've been coaches for longer than we sold real estate, if that makes any sense to you. So what happened was is that Julie and I were faced with this decision. We knew the coaching business because we, we dabbled with it, we figured out how we could actually make the coaching business into something that was viable, something that was going to allow us to have something that we'd always wanted, which is mobility. In other words, we weren't sure if we wanted to stay in Columbus, Ohio for our entire adult lives, but when you sell real estate, you're sort of, you know, that's kind of a nice little golden cage is what we called it. We had a great lifestyle, had a lot of friends, but it was the you know the weather and the the nature of the just the things it was limiting it was it was not what we really thought we could do with our lives but coaching gave us something that selling real estate didn't it allowed us to basically have mobility we could move we could live in multiple places we could do things like that and there was a lot of other aspects of coaching too that we found very rewarding working with agents uh, to build their businesses and in, in their in their lives is for us, anyway, more rewarding than selling real estate was. We had more personal satisfaction from it. But here we were. We were at this sort of this, this turn in the road. You guys can visualize it, right? And should we stay on the real estate thing? That's something we knew we could do. We'd done it well. Uh, we'd sort of climbed to the top of that mountain, and we knew we could climb uh, farther. We knew exactly how to do it. We knew exactly how long it would take for us to accomplish personal goals. But this coaching thing was very intriguing. It was very fascinating. And so I don't remember if it was Julie or myself, but we asked ourselves this question. We said, you know, a year from now, Julie and I used to do these things we haven't done in a while called Harris Summits, where every year we'd get the hell out of Ohio and go someplace warm for at least a week between Christmas and New Year's, and we call them Harris Summits. And we would go there and we'd do our, uh, our personal and our business planning for the following year. We, Julie and I have been married for 27 years, and we've done exactly what I just told you guys since – 
the day one. We've always been um, goal setters, and we always set goals. We have some individual goals, but for the most part, the goals that we set, we always set in agreement. And there are things that both of us were excited about. So we are at our Harris Summit. We're having this conversation about whether or not we should put essentially all of our best efforts every single day into building the coaching business, or should we stay in real estate? And obviously, that was an enormously painful type of conversation to have, because real estate for us at that point was little to no risk, doing this other thing, which was unproven, whether we could do it, whether we knew how to build a coaching business, whether the uh, industry really was going to be interested in coaching long-term, total risk. But we knew the rewards would be worth it because the payoffs, it, in terms of the nature of how the, it, just the whole thing about a coaching business was very intriguing to us. So we asked ourselves this question. This is the question I want all of you guys to write down. Ready? And this is the question, again, Julie probably came up with this. I, you know, I don't remember who actually said it, but between the two of us. 12 months from now, and this is the question I want you guys to write down. 12 months from now, what are the things that you're wishing or wished you would have done today? What would have been the things you wish you would have gotten started or you wish you would have actually put into place today, 12 months from now? In other words, 12 months from now, what is it that you want to be most proud of having accomplished? And that's kind of an interesting conversation because it takes you, it takes you in a sort of like a, a time machine, and it also cuts off your ego from having all the fear thoughts because the fear thoughts are what were holding us back. The fear thoughts about Oh, shit, Julie, we're going to walk away from this real estate thing. What if we fail? What if coaching turns out to be just a fizzle in real estate, the real estate space? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if? What if we can't make our house payment? What if, what if, what if, what if? I mean, it was never-ending. You guys experienced this as well. But by asking ourselves that question, we realized that we really didn't have a choice because both of us were so interested in pursuing the coaching opportunity because it was, it was something that was completely new to us. It was an enormous challenge. Um, we had enough momentum from our career selling real estate that we knew we could get into the coaching business because enough people knew who we were. So that we weren't really worried about you know, proving ourselves because we had proven ourselves in the marketplace and we figured that most agents would want somebody who'd actually proven themselves selling real estate. You know, I mean, that just made sense. But the, everything else that goes into it was an enormous challenge. But we asked ourselves that question. 12 months from now, looking back to today, what do you wish you would have done differently that you're not doing today? What is it that you're avoiding doing? And that's the same, that's the same question that Julie and I use today. We ask ourselves that same question every single year. We don't go on our formalized hair summits anymore. <laughs> Maybe we should, Julie. But we do yeah. ask ourselves that yeah. question. And when you ask yourself that question, ask, uh, figuring out what your goals are going to be, it becomes really easy. Um, so I want you to remember that because it's a little, I don't know what you want to call it, it's a little hack, a little life hack that we've discovered that um, if you say, for example, what is it, and you can even put it into the five categories of life, right? So you can say, 12 months from now, what do I wish I would have done in the previous 12 months with regards to finances? Okay, there's one. That's easy, right? What, what do I wish I would have done in regards to my health, because remember, the five categories of life, guys, are physical, family, financial, spiritual, and educational, right? And this is all part of the real estate treasure map, too. And if you guys don't have the real estate treasure map, we're going to give it to you for free. Just go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. And not only do you get the real estate treasure map, but you're also entitled to a coaching call with one of our new member coaches. So here's where I'm going with this. 
And Julie, so far, are you with me? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you remember all that, right? Yeah. It's one of the best things yeah. we did, I think. You know, the funny thing, too, is I've realized this, and I understand why, because you have more to lose, but the more successful you become, or at least in your head, the more established you become, the less likely you are to ask a question that's going to result in you being uncomfortable. In other words, you're willing to take less risks. And the, here's the ironic, ironic uh, part of that approach to life, guys. When you do approach life with an unwillingness to take risks and make yourself uncomfortable, you're going to lose what you have. And that's something that, again, we've learned all of these, these lessons from coaching. But if you think you've got it all figured out and you've got the world just basically, oh, it's perfect, what's going to happen is you're going to lose what you have. You have to fight – and that's, that's the word. I'm sorry it's not a touchy-feely word. But you have to fight constantly to keep what you have. You have to fight constantly to stay ahead of the market to stay to the point where you know what's happening in the market so you're relevant to uh, buyers and sellers so they want to do business with you. So you're relevant to your friends and the people that love you. You know, all these types of things are necessary. There is not a day in your life when you do not have to be improving. And if there's a day in your life when you're not improving, you're actually essentially degrading. That is a, just a, a fact, you know, unfortunately. I wish it weren't that way, but it's true. You know, true. It, it, it's everything. a hardship of being – yeah, it is. It is. I was just actually thinking about what happened on Wall Street yesterday. You know, the Dow went down 600 points. You know, after uh, people have been so jubilant about how much they're – if you have money in Wall Street, how much stock market has uh, increased this year. Well, pretty much it was all wiped out yesterday, and then a little bit of it came back. So point is, if you didn't earn money, if you weren't progressively getting better at your skill set and being of service to other people – well, that was a pretty bad day for you if, you're, if you were reliant on that income uh, for you know, future needs or current needs that were it, that's in Wall Street. So here's the question I have for you guys now before I get too, much, too far out into the weeds. And this, was, this is an incredibly important question. If you knew – I'm going to reframe the first question in such a way that you guys will actually be receptive to listening and taking it seriously, okay? If you knew for sure that 12 months from now everything – in the real estate market was going to be dramatically different, and I'll label what the word different means, worse, houses staying in the market longer, price reductions that are you know, needing, being constantly, buyers who are nervous, interest rates which are rising, your own equity and your own properties or property is, is dropping. Everything that you have come to accept as being you know, normal, you feel entitled to home appreciation. You felt entitled to a seller's market. You felt entitled to the, some of the things you, that you don't even know are coming too easy to you. You don't even realize they're coming easy to you because of the nature of the overall economy at present. All those things wiped out. In this new market, housing, real estate, is not something that people just naturally normally want. They're scared of it. They're they're you know, they're thinking they're, it, the media starts talking about these stories about, well, do we really need everyone to own a home? Is there really, a, a, you know, why does every, what happened to the idea that the government can supply, supply, you know, supply housing? Why is it that real estate's so expensive? You know, all these types of conversations that only happen, you know, when the market slows down. That's what's going to happen 12 months from now. And if you are not in the business, as most of you weren't, when the market shifted back in 07 and 08, if you did not experience that, you have no clue how bad it can get. Now, 
we say this all the time, and we might be wrong, but we really don't think the market's going to get that bad again. We really don't. But it could. It could. You're not prepared right now, and you know it's true, for even a subtle setback in the market. You don't even know how to deal with a seller whose house doesn't sell and close in less than 60 days. You have no clue how to uh, essentially tell a seller, you work with a seller on pricing their uh, property so that it sells and how to get a buyer over the worry that they're overpaying or just all the other emotional things that come with sellers realizing that the thing that they thought they had is a financial safety blanket, i.e. the equity in their house. It's not as protective as they thought it was, or it might not exist at all. Do you know how to have a conversation with a seller who's bringing a check to closing just to get rid of the house? Do you know how to have a conversation with a seller who doesn't have the equity left after they pay your commission to put money down on their next house? Bring me flashbacks. Yeah, I, used to hate I know those calls. But get, it's not <laughs> but just it's the really calls, bad. Really. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. the ramp up to the call. It's even making it to the finish line. That's the market that we sold in. That's the market that Julie and I sold in. In our real estate market, when we sold real estate, that was normal for us. It was unless you stayed in your house in Columbus, Ohio, for the most part, for almost 10 years, between the just normal selling fees, you are not. You are lucky to get your down payment back. You guys cannot imagine what a normal market's like. You cannot imagine what a falling market's like because you've never experienced it before. You've read about it, maybe. I mean, I'm shocked how few people even recollect with any clarity the market crash from the real estate perspective, 07, 08. It's for the reasons we stated yesterday on yesterday's podcast. The industry doesn't want you guys thinking about it. The industry doesn't want you guys to um, – frankly, operate in a mode of being, you know, being prepared for the, the worst and hoping for the best. They just want you to hope for the best. The industry's not doing, and by industry, I do mean most of the brokers. I mean, National Association of Realtors, anyone else who says they're a leader in the real estate business, they're not telling you guys the whole truth. And they either don't know, which ignorance is not an excuse, in my opinion, if you're if you have positioned yourself to be somebody of authority in this industry and you are not aware of what's actually happening in the housing market, you're a hack and you should stop faking it. Or number two, and this is unfortunately the truth, you do know you've been in the business for a long time, maybe longer than Julie and I have. You know what's happening right now is going to be something that's going to take a lot of agents out of the market, cause financial dev devastation for them, but you don't tell them because you just want to protect yourself, your brokerage. What happens if you have an agent, or you know, 300 agents in your brokerage, and you tell them, well, guess what? Turns out we might be having a financial shit show that's coming our way as far as the housing market. And, you know, 99% of you who have been buying your buyer leads and working your teams and your logos and your CRMs, you guys are not really equipped for what's going to be happening in the market as it changes. All your long-term lead follow-up things that you thought were an asset to your business, turns out they weren't. Turns out all the other things that maybe I as the broker who has been suggesting to you that you invest money and time on, maybe that stuff wasn't really worth doing in the first place. Or when you go to big national conventions and you're listening to the big, you know, Anthony Robbins rip-off guy on stage talking about, 
all these wonderful market, you know, blah, 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 how the it's unicorns, poop, and rainbows, and all the rest of it, and how you should be doing this tech idea and that tech idea and doing this CRM and that CRM. Look to the back of the room to see who is sponsoring the event. Do you think he's going to say a single thing that's not going to make you guys feel overly optimistic and jubilant to the extent where you go buy a bunch of silliness that you don't need? You know, Julie, did you watch that video that we got this morning? <laughs> I, I, know I she's did, listening from to Lynette. Pod- yeah, from Lynette. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, we're, well, you know what we'll do is we'll I'll have uh, uh, Ventura, I know he's listening, we'll have him post that video for today and tomorrow's show at timandjulieharris.com. Some of you guys yeah. get it because you've been in the business long enough, or you have at least you have some resemblance of business sense to know what I'm telling you is the truth. The rest of you, you guys won't make it. I mean, it's in our stat. We've been saying this virtually every day because it makes the point so saliently. 80% of the sales in five years, of all home sales in five years, will be done by people who are not yet in the real estate business. In other words, that means that virtually all of you listening will fail out of the business. And you right now, whether you know it or not, we're at that point in the marketplace where you can't just gracefully walk right into 2019. You're not paying attention. You don't pay attention to the number of expireds that are going to come up tomorrow and the following day. You're not paying attention to the effects that the interest rates are going to have on your buyer's ability to qualify for homes. You're not paying attention to the fact that, you know, essentially seller's equity and certainly in the upper end price range is now quickly working its way down is going away. You're not paying attention to the fact that if you're just going to coast into next year, that you're just going to be done because it's going to be too hard for you to build momentum. That's what happens in a market shift like this. This is what we've been telling you for the past six months to the best of our abilities on this podcast. And coaching clients, you, you guys have been getting a double-barreled, as you know. Julie, what are your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are that it seems so radical to many of them. I mean, we have had a really massive multiple-year recovery slash hot seller's market. And, you know, you could have gone almost a decade thinking that that was normal. And why wouldn't you? It was practically a decade. When, in fact, as you said, we don't expect it to be a crash. This is just a shift. This is not actually all that radical. And yet it feels that way. If it's just been, you know, you can count on 30 days in the market or less, and that was your reality. So I, you know, I caution them that this is not even – anywhere close to the extreme of what has been experienced, right? So it's interesting. It'll be interesting for us to see how long many of them take and how many of them make the mistake of becoming a real estate statistic. And the danger in that is if the economy is worse then and you're not surviving in real estate, what are you going to do? Why wouldn't you polish skills and upgrade your skills and figure out what you're doing? motivated by that I don't know what is because remember you got into real estate for a reason it's because you didn't want to do what you were doing before so if you don't want to go back to that you have to embrace this and really we're talking about having better quality relationships yes longer term more sophisticated more scripted in some cases relationships well, we're talking hold on hold on joy yes. hold on you're talking about now how you approach the business. You're talking about when she says relationships, don't have your heads collectively go to centers of influence and past clients. She's talking, talking about, about the deals. relationships with your sellers. She's talking yeah. about the amount of effort you're going to have to put into getting deals closed, what you're going to have to knew, know how to do to get deals closed. You, Which is normal, is, by the way. That's the point I'm trying right, to make. Totally. And the, the skills that you feel you're upgrading now, 
actually will make for a much longer, much more robust and st sustainable career. Because you, even though some of you have made it this far without ever having to deal with us, assuming you stay in real estate and are not just dabbling and you make it a career, you're going to go through these ebbs and flows probably at least three to four times over your career. Some of our more grizzled veterans, even more than that, if you count many recessions and things of that nature. You know, things like what we dealt with after 9-11, for example, maybe they didn't last for years, but it was certainly something that you had to deal with and hone your skills. So it's not just investing in today and this particular listing that took three price reductions and you know, 120 days before you got it sold hey, Julie, and another 60 to close it. Yeah. Your phone, your phone is getting janky. So, guys, listen, I start out by asking the question, and now I want you to answer the question. If you knew, from now, if you knew for a fact 12 months from now that everything was going to be different in the real estate business, if you knew for a fact that 12 months from now basically the entire real estate market as you know it is completely changed, is completely different, if you knew 12 months from now that everything that you think that you know that basically has worked in your real estate business in the past doesn't work now. In other words, what you've been doing for lead generation, what you are doing to basically find listings, what you are doing just across the board. If every single thing that you had been doing, if you knew for a fact that 12 months from now it wouldn't work or it wouldn't work at the same level, what would you be doing differently now? That's the question. What would you be doing differently now? What what would you what actually would you be learning? And and I'll help you out with this. The answer is easily found and it's not difficult to figure out if you just ask yourself this question. What are the things that you're avoiding doing? What are the five things in your business right now that you're avoiding doing? Those are probably the very five things, or maybe it's ten, or maybe it's only three, that you have to know how to do if you expect to make it through this market shift. And by the way, we did do a series of four podcasts. It was one of our most listened to podcasts, that series of four. on the, uh, It's called Real Estate Reset. You guys can go to iTunes or you can go to uh, timandjulieharris.com. By the way, when you're on iTunes, do not just give us a wimpy four-star rating. Give us a five-star rating. You listen, many of you, tens of thousands of you listen to us every single day. When you go to iTunes, please give us a five-star rating. It does matter because what happens then is it triggers something and I don't completely understand in, inside iTunes algorithm and then they promote the show for free for us. And I'd really appreciate it if you guys could do that. Your ratings on iTunes really do matter more than you might believe. It's kind of crazy. It's really the only system they have in place to, to uh, monitor the quality of all the podcasts. I mean, our podcast now, get this, guys, and there's I don't even know how many podcasts in the world. There's millions. In the training section on iTunes, our podcast is almost consistently within the top 20. That's incredible. To be in the top 20 of iTunes, that's amazing. And that has, you know, that's, says something about the fact that we're saying things that hopefully are being of use for you guys. So I told you this was going to be probably the most important question that you could ask yourself, and it is because it's going to force you to be uncomfortable if you allow yourself to be, but it's also going to help you avoid a huge amount of pain. And the pain won't just happen 12 months from now. It's going to happen every single day throughout 2019 as you progressively realize the things that you should have been doing differently. You're going to go on listing appointments don't let this happen to you, but you're going to go on a listing appointment, and you're going to be sitting across from a seller, and uh, you know it's going to be a great motivated seller, but the CMA tells you the house is worth less than what they thought it was worth. What are you going to do? 
How about not only that, but they needed that money to buy the next house. What are you going to do? You're going to be on the phone with a buyer, and the buyer said, I cannot buy this house. I cannot pay that seller's price because the interest rates on my loan just went up by an eighth of a point or a quarter of a point, and now my loan officer is telling me I don't qualify. What are you going to do? The buyer is going to tell you, I want to wait. I want to see if the prices are going to continue to drop, and then I'm going to try to time the market or take advantage of the market. And that happens to 10 of your buyers that you thought were going to be surefire paychecks. What are you going to do? Okay, here's another one. You're going to have a whole bunch of closings. Maybe you have three or four closings, and you're feeling comfortable and secure for the next 60 to 90 days. You think you got it all figured out. And then what do you discover is all of them fall out of contract for different reasons. Let's just say some of these deals are FHA deals, and let's just say the FHA appraiser comes in and says the contract price you have on these properties is not reflective of the true market value. In other words, it's worth less than what the appraiser says. You cannot argue with the appraiser on those government-backed deals. You lose three or four of your deals. What are you going to do? So you don't know. I could go on and on and on and on. You're going to have conversations with sellers and buyers where you're going to have to be halfway you know, professional real estate person and halfway Dr. Phil. Those of you guys who have been in the business for as long as we have, you know what I'm talking about. Do you even know how to have those conversations? I know you don't. Many of you only know how to have conversations that have been relevant since the boom started in 2011. You don't know what to do in a new market. So – you either accept it, set your ego aside, and you start learning now, or you fail, and you fail slowly and painfully over the next 12 months. Have you thought about that, guys? This is the reality. So I'm asking yourself, and I ask, I'm asking yourself, I'm asking you to ask yourself, if you knew for sure that 12 months from now everything in the market was going to change, what would you do differently now? What would you be doing differently now? What would you be learning what would you be doing with your body? What would you be doing with your finances? What would you be doing with your family? I'll give you a family example. You should go to your family and you should say, listen, mommy or daddy, assuming you have kids, <laughs> uh, is going to have to probably work harder in the next 12 months because we're going to be going through a different kind of market change. And mommy or daddy, or you know, husband or wife, I'm going to have to work a little bit harder, focus more on specific learning things I don't already know. Uh, it's going to be a meaning I'm going to probably not be able to spend as much time at home until I've got my new systems in place, until I know what to say and how to say it. And in exchange, this is how you can tie everyone together with a common goal, in spring of 2019, we'll go to Disney World and we'll celebrate the fact that you know we're having our best year ever in real estate or something like that. Make it a whole family tie-in thing to the goals and things of that nature. These are just ideas. Please take this seriously. This is one of those pivotal moments in your life and your business that it just, it, you know, right? You're, you're in the midst of listening to us and you're doing something else. You're, you're exercising, some of you. Some of you have glasses of wine with us every night, you know, as you listen to us. I know all these things because I read your emails. It doesn't feel that big, though, does it? It just feels like these are just words. These are just thoughts. This is just, you know, Tim and Julie causing you some anxiety, maybe. Maybe motivating you. I don't know. But here's the question you have to ask yourself. Why are you waiting for some sort of big pivotal, you know, you have to moment? Why don't you be smart and get ahead of it? Because the big pivotal have to moment is going to come as you run through your savings, as you realize what we've been telling you is the truth, as you essentially start looking through the help wanted ads for jobs that, as Julie pointed out, might not be as plentiful as you'd hope they would be. 
Have you guys considered this? So look, make yourself uncomfortable. Be uncomfortable when you choose to be opposed to when some external force forces you to be. That's where your growth comes from, guys. Request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com. At least to get you started with the real estate treasure map. If you need us for anything, it's Tim at timandjulieharris.com or Julie at timandjulieharris.com. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you all on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.